What if you could unlock the extraordinary power within you? Join us on our Human Potential podcast as we explore the limitless possibilities, the holy trinity of mind, body, and spirit. Discover easy-to-action tips, inspiring stories, and expert advice to help you tap into your highest potential and live a life of purpose and fulfillment. For a free transformational tool, go to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Human Potential Podcast. I'm here with the wonderful, the amazing, the awe-inspiring Shaman. Shaman is a spiritual coach, a healer of immense power, and we will be talking about the modality of healing that she gives to this world. And she's a witch, a wizard, an ascended master walking this realm. Welcome, Shaman. Thank you. I am honored to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to be able to help to open more people's hearts. Cool. So let's get straight into this podcast because I want to talk about intuition. I want to talk about psychic abilities because I know you are so attuned to that superpower, as I like to call it. Yes. And as part of your coaching and as part of your work that you bring to the world, you use your superpower to heal, to guide, to mentor, to change, to transform. And before we go down that route, Shaman, let's hear your hero's journey. Let's hear your story. Let's hear how you became Shaman. I will say it in short because it's a long story. So I was born to a family who is very Catholic and very Jewish. And I had two different very strict religions that I was brought up in. So my family was not into being open-minded with someone who's intuitive or gifted in any way, shape, or form. So as I continued to see visions since I was a child, my family would quite often tell me that I was demonic and I was evil or I was being possessed by something. So a lot of my life as a child was not until I was more in my teenage years did I finally have more of a voice where I could understand how to communicate with my family to ask more for help to be a part of the church. So that's when I start studying more with spiritual leaders that were in the church, such as Pope John Paul. He was one of my teachers. Mother Teresa was one of my teachers. I connected with the Dalai Lama. He was somebody that I loved and I felt was very like-minded. Hopi tribe, absolutely one of my favorite. Love the Hopi tribe. Being able to understand about healing and spirituality. So the positives were that even though my family was against me, they were able to financially let me go on the journey to heal me by connecting with all these different spiritual people so I can discover who I'm supposed to be. They assumed that I was going to be none or someone in the church. And that didn't work out, obviously. And the only reason why it did not work out is because I do not believe in one religion. No matter how much I love God, no matter how much I love Jesus, no matter how much I love everybody, I can't choose one religion because we're all one people. And I believe that God put us here so that we can all be as one unit and one family. And I don't believe in division or dividing. And as I continued studying with these amazing people, one of the things that Pope John Paul said, one of the things that Lewis said was the Hopi shaman, you're a gift, you're a prophet. You're someone who is here that you see stuff, stuff that normal people don't see because you're open and you're unveiled. And because of your unveiling, this means that you're able to help people on a wider scale. So you're not supposed to be behind closed doors, even though that was my dream, my passion, live in prayer so I'm not judged. So I'm not called the devil. So I'm not condemned. If I live in a church and stay behind closed doors and sit in prayer, then I'll be safe. But then as they continue to give me the confidence, that's when I realized, okay, I can do this and help people. And that's how I got here today is the best way to say it in short. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you. just like to delve into this aspect of 
religion in the dominion of the old paradigm. Let's call it the old paradigm, right? Where there's a patriarchy to it. There's God and there's sin and there's wrath and there's fury and there's all these elements of religion that we have been taught. And as we're finding and transcending that and we're recognizing we are all one and we are letting go of those chains of being broken around what God is, what religion is, and what dominion actually means. How did your family react to that, Shaman? How did they take your transition into this oneness and this wholeness? God bless my father. He's no longer with us. But my mother still is not on my side, unfortunately. Where no matter what I do, there's no way they can understand the realm I live in because they're so orthodox and they're stuck in their old beliefs that there's only one way. And that's up to them. That's why the world has billions of people because everyone is an individual. There's no judgment. So I understand it. I understand her fear and her worry, but we don't associate. We don't communicate. We don't have a relationship due to what I do. So I've had to step away and become an individual And I'm not a part of my family because they think that I'm still to today. Many years later, even though I'm only 21. (laughs) That's my personal joke. Anyway, even though it's been many years later, she doesn't, my family's against me. They're, I'm an embarrassment. And how how does that sit with you? How do you deal with that? What's your way of integrating that into your life? Easily. To me, I see it as a gift because I was able to have such amazing teachers, thank God. And because of the teachers I've had, I've learned the most important word in the world, which is called forgiveness. But in order to help anyone, you must understand forgiveness. In order to help people, you must understand suffering. So I feel like God, everything happens for a reason. So I feel like my journey and through my struggles with the family, with the everything I've been through, Emotional, spiritual, physical, mental, everything I've been through has taken me to where I need to be today so that I could benefit others as I continue to help them to heal, awaken, or transform. Unless you understand, how can you help someone if your life was perfect? How can you understand if you have all this immense amount of support? And God gave me my soulmate, so I'm good there. As long as you have one person on your side, that's all you need. And even if that one being might be God, and it's not a human, that's more than anyone else has. So we're good. Look, this is fascinating because your story is reflected in my own story because I was, I grew up in the dominion of Islam. And in the where? In the dominion of Islam. Uh-huh. And like you, as I transitioned into opening myself up to other ways of being and other ways of perceiving God and other ways of connecting with God, it's very triggering for my family to to see this person who was brought up in a specific way explore a different relationship with God. And yet in that is this realisation that actually we pray to the same God. We believe in the same God. We believe in this higher power. And by the way, I I use the word God, and I want people to adjust accordingly. Source energy, higher power, higher intelligence, uh, universal, I don't know, whatever. Um, Exactly. It's all the same thing. Uh, I agree. And and I love this conversation because I'm on the same page 100%. Yeah, and actually when you can break free, like I said, this chain analogy, when you can break free of your fixed point of views around God and your relationship with God and open yourself up to what does it mean for me and explore that question. What does higher source or higher power mean for me? And explore that. This is when you start healing, right? Mm-hmm. This is when you start to attract a different way of being, doing, thinking, and experiencing life and it sounds very much that's the journey you went on and now you are in this realm of helping people to attune to their truth to 
to heal their lives, heal their kind of situations and their experiences. So tell me about how you got into that, first and foremost. Once I left the church and I no longer wanted to be considered as a prophet, where people were bowing down and people were honoring me as a holy person. I I couldn't handle that. It was too much pressure. It felt like I was, I I felt like they were trying to treat me as though I was an idol for that specific religion. And that bothered me. And then when I spoke to some of my other teachers, like Lewis, which was the Hopi shaman, and he said, my child, he said, God is always going to be with you, but you must remember Each of us go through our own journey. You must discover what it is that you were here to do. So I lived one year being completely homeless, leaving my family, leaving everybody, and just living completely 1 million percent homeless. Didn't ask for $5, not even two pennies. And I said, okay, I know what I'm going to do. God wants me to be like Mother Teresa. I'm going to help homeless people. I'm going to change the world. I'm going to teach them about God. And as I lived homeless, I realized how many people are against the system. So even though they may seem like it's all drugs and alcohol and abuse and whatever it may be, I discovered that some people were chiropractors. I discovered that some people had married and family and left their kids. I discovered some people ran away from their multimillionaire families. I discovered that some people were filled with drugs and some people were filled with addictions due to abuse sexually, emotionally, mentally. And those were basically, I can say, my first students that God brought into my life to understand suffering and to understand struggle. I was in a very easy place during that time. I was in California and I felt like it was very easy to be homeless over 30 years ago in California. Currently, I would never want to be in their position. (laughs) Was it a choice to be homeless or was that the nature of circumstance. What what happened to... I had no money unless I had money from my family because I had no income. I was straight from the church, right? So unless they gave me money and they didn't believe in what I was doing, they cut me off. They were like, nope, we're not going to follow your dream and you're crazy. We're not going to help you to leave after all the hundreds of thousands. It wasn't for free to work with the Pope. One time when I connected with Mother Teresa, my mother gave her a stack of money that was like a lot. (laughs) So these weren't free relationships. It was paid for very well. So there's at least probably God knows how much money invested in the work I've done. But when I gave it all up and it felt like I was throwing it away, they cut me off and they were completely against me in every way, shape or form. So it was a little bit of a choice because I could have continued kissing butt and continuing to be submissive to these family members, or I could have put my foot down and said, screw it, I'm going to do what I need to do and help people and follow my heart and my soul and listen to what I feel that God is showing me in my third eye. So I followed the vision. Everything ended up going beautiful. One of the people that I ended up connecting with was in the Bay Area, was the one of the people that was related to the owner of the AT&T park. And this person was also living homeless and he was furious because he couldn't stand that his family was so wealthy. He just wanted to live homeless and then connected me with other people. And then eventually then we worked hard together. Okay, let's get ourselves out of this position, how we can change ourselves. And then handshake after handshake, then God kept opening doors. Okay. I, promise I'll be good. If I can stay in this place, eventually I'll make money and I'll be able to pay for this. And it just was like, God set everything up. And then eventually I opened up a business a year later and it was for spiritual counseling. It didn't use the word psychic or intuitive because I never considered myself a psychic or intuitive until maybe I've always known I'm intuitive, but I never used the word psychic until maybe two or three years ago. And that's like over 30 years of practicing. So I've almost been helping people for about 40 years and I've never used that word because I felt like it's, it's too commercial. And then I was like, if you really look at Edgar Cayce, Isaac Newton, Nostradamus, they were psychic. They weren't just intuitive. So when I say intuitive, even though that's what I consider myself as a seer and an intuitive healer, and I am born this way without an option. Of course, I made the conscious choice before I came, but I'm saying I can't close it off. 
it's there's a part of me that understands that no matter what the situation, the only reason why I never want to use that word is because the judgment and the ridicule and the condemning that goes along with it. And I was afraid of using the word because it's been so harsh. And I've had so many people. It's like one of the worst professions you can have with judgment until the very recent years. Now it's starting to become accepted. But since I've been young, no. Yeah, yeah I can understand that. that. And that stems from this kind of collective, let's call it culling, killing of, of women who were highly, highly psychic, highly intuitive 500 years ago, right? They were called witches and burned at the stake. And that, that generational trauma and generational stereotype has carried on up until very recently, like you said. Absolutely. And it's funny. And, and now people are waking up to it and saying, actually, be, being a witch in the most positive way is, is a phenomenon. It's a gift. It's, it's a an gift. absolute gift. And, and people are starting to realize the, the, the wizardry that's present in them and the magic that can come from the wizardry that we all possess. And before we go down the road of intuition and psychic abilities, which is one of my favorite subjects, I just want to talk more about your story because this kind of really, I don't, really fascinating. It's fascinating how you work with Mother Teresa and the Pope. I just want to dig into that a bit because I think the listeners, I'm certainly fascinated by that, and I know my listeners will be in terms of what you saw, what you learned, this, also this aspect of worship, right? People were, you were saying, were right. worshiping you. How did that make you feel? How did it make you feel to be in that environment, to be this center stage of worship? Because we know worship actually keeps people enslaved, mentally, physically, spiritually, energetically. When they place, it, place this level of worship onto someone outside themselves, it can be very so, shackling. Yeah, and it can. So one thing, and I have to justify Pope John Paul for a second. Number one, my family was very influential people. So connecting with them and being able to be connected with them obviously had to be a price tag, right? So they paid for it. So that's why I'm very fortunate. And I will always honor my blood and my family and the human world for all the blessings they've given to me. Because if without that, I wouldn't be who I am today. Bottom line is Pope John Paul II always talked about how we are all one. People don't talk enough about how he is the one person who brought in so many different religions inside of the Vatican and was condemned and ridiculed for it all the time. Mm. Now, Mother Teresa was a very devout, very passionate, deep, holy person. She believed in only one way. And she was very, she was what you call an Orthodox Catholic Christian person. Pope John Paul II, no, he was not. He was spiritual. And that's what I loved about him. I remember one time he was sharing with me his emotional situation of what happened to him as a child and how he was left because he was Polish, right? And he actually was not religious at all. And he was saved by a priest and a priest saved him and brought him to the church, which made him eventually be the Pope because he kept continuing to allow himself to be appreciated for the blessings of being saved, even though his family was killed during. So he was a refugee. He was just a little boy when he was saved. He was real. Other religious people that I connected with besides him were very religious. So when I connected with other religious people, Father Philip, oh my gosh, he was one of the archbishops of the Vatican. And it was like night and day. (laughs) He was so so orthodox, like like Mother Teresa, even though Mother Teresa was a sweetheart. She was stern. She was very focused on her training and being very much about sacrifice. And I don't believe that God put us on this planet for us to sacrifice. I believe that the God that every human being is aware of in all religions, which is one God, I believe that being that created us and brought us in his image and everything that's ever been talked about created us out of the purpose of love. And I believe our purpose is to help to connect to love and to continue to radiate that frequency. Mm -hmm. I don't believe we're here to suffer and I don't believe we're here to sacrifice. So when I heard 
with the other religious people, Father Philip, Mother Teresa, whoever it may be. And they're like, we're supposed to suffer. We're supposed to sacrifice. We're supposed to suffer. We're supposed to struggle. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't believe that. Because every single time I would receive a message intuitively or a vision, I used to remember seeing Jesus literally as if he's standing in front of me since I was a child. And I actually lived in Medjugorje where the visionaries communicate with the Virgin Mary ever since I was 15 up until 18 and lived with the visionaries because I was considered one of those type of people that sees Jesus, Mother Mary, everybody. And it was always about religion. It was always about sacrifice. I never intuitively was told or visually was told by anybody, Jesus, Mary, God, any angel. I was never told we're here to suffer. Never. So that's the reason why I have issues with religion. Not that yeah, I don't look, love God, but yeah. Look, that to me is a super, super interesting point. And in my own journey, I have transitioned away from that as well because because in the creation of love, there is no opposite of love, right? Suffering and struggle are man-made concepts. Absolutely. They are, they are related to our ego, and our ego is constructed from our thoughts and feelings. And suffering has no place. It, it cannot coexist with love. And that's what the human beings suffer, suffer, right? We've all suffered. I've suffered, you've suffered, we've, we've had pain, we've had emotional trauma, and we have suffered. And yet the nuanced point I'm making is we weren't born and suffering was the innate consequence of our, of our creation. We were born free, we were born out of love, and suffering is, is, is something that we have come to experience as a human being yeah, it's not necessary. I love this quote that says, Christ suffered because we didn't have to, right? He, he did our suffering for us. Um, yeah, exactly. And, and, and they don't want to get rid of it. So and, just, and, like and, they're supposed to still suffer. Yeah, and he showed us how to overcome it as well, right? Christ, these great masters, these ascended masters, Muhammad, all these guys, the goddesses and the deities and the, and the high priestesses, they showed us a way that we can overcome our suffering. The famous quote from Buddha, I teach... I teach you how to suffer, and then I teach you how to unsuffer as well. Something like that. I can't remember the quote. So it's a fascinating point for me, and I, and I really want to open people's awareness up to the point of suffering and our relationship with suffering and how we can transcend suffering. And for me, that's absolutely becoming self-aware, becoming aligned to a modality of thinking, being, and doing that transcends everything and anything we've been taught up until this point. And I know you have been teaching that for years and years, and I'm on the same path, and there's like hundreds, thousands, if not millions of us now out there um, pro proclaiming this new way of thinking and being. So, th so thank you for sharing uh, your interactions with Pope John Paul and Mother Teresa. <laughs> that, that is a, that is I, a, I don't usually talk about it, so it's very emotional, sorry. <laughs> That's okay. This is raw, this is authentic, and part of the Human Potential podcast is recognizing that vulnerability is strength, and the more vulnerable we can become, the more strength we are actually showing the world, and uh, that's something I certainly align to. I want to move the conversation on to intuition and psychic, psychic abilities, and I just want to give you a overview of intuition how i understand it and psychic abilities i understand it and i'd love to get your view on it so for me intuition is this innate ability to know without thinking right it's this immediate cognition that it's without the use of any conscious rational process that to me is what intuition is right we gain clarity and make choices without involving any sort of mental data it's just this inner knowing, this inner guidance, this inner knowing, this inner voice. I don't know how I know, I just know. That to me is intuition, exactly. right? Um, right. With psychic, psychic abilities is this ability to develop these extrasensory perceptions. They come in the realm of our clair clairvoyance, clair 
sentience, clear audience, there's a couple of other clears. And we have this ability to receive information through these extra extrasensory perceptions, right? We are perceiving information beyond the five senses and we are analyzing that information. That's going to help us in some way to perceive the future. Is that your understanding of psychic abilities? Yeah, that's a great way to describe it. You put it the neuroscience behind it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you was like, this is the logical way to describe a psychic intuitive. I'm like, wow, he did that. Yeah, it's just, it's just, and it's semantics, right? It's not even, it's just something I just want to give some structure to the listeners, to the audience. Oh, I love that. This nuanced difference between intuition and and psychic abilities, and actually, they're very much intertwined for me. There's a there's a close relationship, and I just want to explore. Let's talk about psychic abilities first, right? Because you say, you know, for the last couple of years, you've actually been saying, "I'm a psychic. I have psychic abilities, and I can facilitate healing through my psychic abilities." So. I, like I mentioned earlier, the number one reason why I've never used that word was because of the judgment and because of the ridicule. And I was like, not going to share that story with people. I have had more than anything, I've had massive amount of religious people, no matter what location I have, knock at my door and literally tell me that I need to repent because I'm going to be cursed by God and Satan's coming to get me, or I'm a part of Satan. And that's where I get really upset. And that's where I get very, you know, drawn away from people who allow themselves to say that they're so holy and so much more awakening with the relationship with God when they're the first to judge. True relationship with God is allowing yourself to connect with Every human being that's out there with no judgment, which is exactly what Jesus talked about 24-7. Jesus said, I'm not a religion. I'm here to help people to understand we're all one and there is no judgment. We are all one. But people don't want to listen to that. Anyways, point is, so as I continued to grow and as I went off into opening up my first business, I realized that my intuition, my psychic ability was so much stronger. I thought humans and people were like like me. So I believed that a lot of people had an intuition and a psychic ability. So when I hear people telling me when I was younger, they can't hear their guardian angels, they can't hear God, they can't see where they're supposed to go or they don't understand what's happening or whatever it may be, like when they weren't connected, I was confused. Oh, what's wrong with you? Is there something wrong with you? I was expelled for three weeks one time out of because I was brought up in a Catholic school with nuns because I told the nun that what is her problem that she can't talk to God? Absolutely in, in massive trouble. I was so outspoken was my biggest problem since I was a child. I, I, I think maybe the fear gene was missing. <laughs> <laughs> one piece might have been missing because yeah, I didn't have that issue. Kind of just kept talking for some reason. Most people would pay a surgeon to remove that. Hey, can I remove the surgeon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's something I had an issue with. I didn't believe in it. But as I continued to work with helping people and using my psychic ability and connecting to my intuition, the more I allowed myself to become awake and the more I allowed myself to finally accept that I'm here to help people after my experience, going through that one year of being homeless and then opening up an office and doing the things that I wanted to do, I allowed myself to become a non-denominational minister. So I became a non-denominational minister. So that's what I called myself, spiritual life coach. And I've been a non-denominational minister for probably about 35, 36 years, okay? From that, I opened up a nonprofit. Opened up a nonprofit so I can help children, so I can make a difference, so I can open doors. And every single thing that I created was so that people can understand how to connect to their own intuition. So it's more than just being like a a psychic and intuitive for people. I work on helping people to connect to their own intuition and to connect to their own abilities that are within inside them. Because I believe 
even though I can see every single person's future, I can see everything that's going on in people's lives and I don't want to. I try to put on horse blinders and ignore people when I'm on the streets or driving. Or, I didn't even start driving till I was in my late twenties, like almost 30, because I had to ignore the dead people or things that I see because I see dead people. I see all sorts of things all the time. But the more we allow ourselves to awaken right to that intuition, to that ability within us, there is not going to be any limits. So it's going to continue being limitless. So it became where I'm always seeing dreams. I'm seeing things of the world of tragedy. I'm seeing future tsunamis, future earthquakes, future whatever it may be, things that are happening in people's lives. Can you give us a live example right now? What, what are you seeing in terms of a future event that you're, that you're comfortable sharing? This is, this, we don't have to do this. If you feel comfortable, then please, if you don't. That's, that's no, okay. I feel comfortable. That's fine. In regards towards things that I see with the world, to keep it simple and short and not too descriptive, it's there's going to be like how we had the thing that just went on just recently with the tsunami and the earthquake over in Asia and Japan. Right. Yep. yep. There's going to be way more of that. I was talking to my assistants and close people or clients, and I warn them of these things all the time, including a client that I have currently in Japan. But one of the things that people don't allow themselves to realize is that this has been prophesized by Norshadamus years ago. This has also been prophesized by Isaac Newton years ago. And there's a lot of information. So many beautiful teachers came to us and prophesize that this is what's going to be happening in the world. And my visions have been happening for the past three years, that there is going to be a massive amount of disruption from Mother Earth herself. So the Earth is already going through so many challenges. And we can blame it on global warming. We could have all our reasons and excuses. But it's literally, I think Mother Earth is just exhausted. And she's just a little done. So the earthquakes and the tsunamis and the volcanoes that are going to continue to erupt, even in South America, like Ecuador and all that area, there's going to be a lot of disaster coming forward, natural disasters, because of the challenges that we've been putting forward in regards towards continuing to hurt her herself, right? Mm. And we're constantly going, okay, let's see how much more we can take from Pachamama. Let's see how much more we can harm her. And guys, you got to leave her alone. She needs to breathe. She needs to breathe. I don't know what you did after COVID, but let's use that as an example. COVID happened. Everyone was locked in their doors. Never heard of in history, right? Everyone's locked in their doors forever. Mother Earth had a time to breathe. I went to Florida on a trip that I had to go to with a client because I take people on spiritual retreats and stuff. And I had to go with her and go to Florida and we go to the ocean. Never in over 20 years, I have not seen more beautiful coral, fishes, nature taking back over within a year, right? Mm-hmm. Within one year of not being allowed to go to the beaches, everything starts going beautiful again. It's almost if we let her take advantage of healing herself, of course she'll be healed. But because we won't give her a break, and we do not allow ourselves to be conscious, as the American Indians and Lewis taught me, as the other tribal people in um, California taught me, the Kohui Indians. We do not allow ourselves to realize Mother Earth is a part of our frequency. Mm. So we allow ourselves to get back connected with the frequency of being as one with Mother Earth, then we can all be in balance and we can heal the planet. But the vision that I keep having is that people don't, they can't comprehend that Mother Earth is an energy as well. You know what I mean? That she has feelings, she has emotions, she has energy. And because they don't understand that she has so much energy and she has feelings as well, they don't even fathom the thought that she might break and she might do some more tsunamis and she might have more earthquakes. And now there's going to be a lot of lava coming out. You guys heard what happened just recently at the other island. And all these doors that have been closed for so long are now going to start spewing out and there's going to be disaster after disaster. In regards to helping people, humans and people will start allowing themselves to become more aware, but it's only after disaster keeps happening because we forget. And this is a vision that I had actually about a month ago. It was, I think it was like the beginning of December. I had a vision. It was a very sad vision 
I had a vision that there was going to be world disaster. Things were going to be really dark and very negative in regards to his mother earth. And then after the disaster and after the sadness and after the pain and after the loss and after the many missing children and people and everything else, people will go back to their normal lives and do the same mistake again. And I was like, why? Like, why do people not understand it? And it's the same. It's true. We allow us, we're creatures of habit. We make mistakes and then we go right back to them. And you know what, Shaman, for me, this kind of concept of the more awake we become, okay, meaning... We're in a very awakened time. Exactly. More than we have, more than forever. Exactly. So we're we're in the period of awakening, okay? And as we awake, and I take myself as an example here, like four years ago, I would have gone, Mother Earth, what a load of bullshit, right? Let, let me just yeah. go and live my life and consume the way I'm consuming and the Earth is the Earth. It, it, will, it will take care of itself. And yet when I've, when I've gone on my own journey of awakening, I've recognized the power that, that Gaia, Mother Earth, harnesses and how she is an endless supply of energy and how we need to nurture and love and take care of her. So my whole perspective around the environment and, and the earth and, and Gaia has completely shifted as I have awoken. So as we spread this message of consciousness, and what I mean by consciousness is this element of everything exists and nothing is judged. Okay, that's, that's right. my other definition of consciousness. As we walk into this awakened consciousness, we connect with earth in a way that we never had before. And it's people who are on this path are healing the earth with their energy. And now this is Absolutely. like a, a, a massive, I don't want to call it a movement because it sounds a bit culty, but this is a massive growth, a massive awakening amongst spiritual and non-spiritual people who are becoming more spiritual to, to connect with our earth. And, and it's funny that you said that because the one thing that I do love that tickles my heart is that I have noticed in the past few years, like I said, I use the word psychic in the past few years, people are more awake. I never was able to foresee or use my intuition or any of my abilities to see that this would be the day. I never believed that we would be in the day and time where people were more awake in regards towards this subject. I believe that people were going to change and have better relationships with God. People are going to have more awareness, more of a connection, but being able to use that word and stepping out and being more free and not feeling so judged is very like, <sighs> still there's judgment, but mm, it's sure. like sure. more sure. relaxed than usual. Sure. And it's beautiful because the more people allow themselves to connect to their own frequency and realize that they're a part of that intuition, they're a part of that channel that can change the earth. I see that there is a very slight potential I can't say there's a massive potential to stop some complications that have potential to come forward, but not complete because we're, we're still outnumbered. There's still a lot of people that are in higher power that, anyways, yeah. yeah yes, and, and I hear you on that. And I, I'm also, <laughs> and I know you share this, that the more we can attune to the well-being of our planet, the more that is going to be made manifest. The more we can tune into the love and the oneness of everything and everyone. That's our focus, yeah. The more our planet is going to shift consciousness and heal. And and that's that's our main focus, shifting consciousness and people allowing themselves to have the most important thing in the universe. And I talk about this when I'm teaching a class or doing a podcast or whatever I'm doing in the world. Literally, the more you love yourself, it automatically changes everything else. It's not about even visualizing changing Mother Earth herself. The more you love yourself, you automatically just change everything. That is one of the biggest answers I can give everybody. Yeah, and that's huge because it's actually opening up this channel of the interconnectedness of everything, of us as human beings and as a representation of life and yeah. the life of our beautiful planet, of Gaia, of Mother Earth. And the connection between us. Yeah, it's very exciting. I love this conversation. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Let's talk about your healing specifically, because I know 
that you have this miraculous power to heal people in the most profound ways. I'm going to call them miracles. I said miraculous, especially cancer patients and people with physical disease or disease. Please talk to me about that. So the negative is that I have to take it on, but yes, and then I know how to get rid of it. So one of the things that I learned very beneficial and a powerful tool that has been given to me when I was much younger, when I studied with the Hopi tribe was learning how to heal and allowing yourself to take on the elements of the illness from a very sick person. So that person can allow themselves to be healed and then washing it away and taking it away from yourself. When I work with people, a lot of people, whether they're a heart patient, whether they're a diabetic, whether they're a cancer patient, it doesn't matter their symptoms. But there there has been client after client, not every day, but I don't take on like 20 cancer patients in a year. I only want to take on no more than 10. But literally, even the most recent client that I'm dealing with, and she went to the doctor, she had a tumor in her right up right next to her ovary. It was actually protruding out of her skin. And I was working with her. I worked with her for probably about a month. And she brought back the test results and said, I don't know what you did. You told me you were going to heal it. I had little faith in you, like this much. But I was like, you know, what the hell? I don't have a lot of choices. And she was very, she said bad, more bad words than that. <laughs> she was a very interesting woman. Very yeah, she likes to use a lot of profound language. And she goes, but I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this happen and invest in myself. And I'm like, oh, good. That's good. I'm glad you did. Anyways, long story short, she came back and her doctor said, I don't know what you did, but the growth shrunk and I can barely see it. And I put wow. my hand above her and I'm poking all her around her pelvis and I'm, I'm looking above trying to see where it's at. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Where if I could have taken pictures of before and afters, it would have been beautiful. I'm not that kind of person because I'm, my clients are very private. They're not the kind of people that are like, oh, guess what? I went to a spiritualist and I got healed because they're usually recognized people and, or in high positions. So they do still have this shame or this embarrassment that someone like me helped them. And I think that's sad because it is God and God just using me as a tool, but one of the things that I thought was so fascinating is her results were so night and day. And she brought me the papers and showed me not only the results, but her blood changed where the CA-125 in her blood, which is a proof that she has cancer in her blood, even transformed and changed. And she was astonished. She couldn't even believe it. Diabetes, I think is, I'm not trying to say it's easy for me to cure, but that I think is... It's just not that difficult for someone like me. Can I just interrupt you? Because I know that we are. We need to wrap up in a few minutes, and there's a couple of more points that I want to talk about. Yes, so the yes. point you're making around the power of your healing, right? That this is the, the main point that I want to get across: how powerful you are in terms of a healer. And the one thing that I'd like to ask you is that because right now we're having a conversation between two, two people who believe in this stuff, who are aware of this stuff, who understand how miracles happen, understand how miracles are facilitated through us as human beings. And like you so beautifully said, we, we are the vessel, right? It's, it's, it's a higher power doing all the work. We, we are just the vessel. So the point I want to explore with you just very quickly is about people's objections to this, right? And, and one of them is shaming and, and I want people to know and if people are listening to this and saying, well, that's a load of bullshit or that's not going to work for me, how do you overcome these objections? How do I what? Overcome these objections of people saying that this is not going to work for them. Oh, if someone comes through the door or someone calls or someone contacts us through any type of open door that I have for people, one of the things that they did was they did the right thing by making the first step. Once they get on the phone with someone who works for me or me myself, which is rarely, they automatically are going to sit there and say, prove to me, prove to me. That's what they always say. And it's like the only answer I have is the same thing when you go to a doctor, right? You have cancer. 
you have diabetes, they're going to do two things. Cut you up, give you chemo, give you diabetes, live on medicine for the rest of your life. Or you can take a chance and have faith and let me help you, which in my opinion is worth however much you have to invest in yourself in order to change that frequency and change that energy. Everything is energy. And when I'm working with you, if you're going to have a negative attitude to start with, then number one, I won't take you on as a client. But if you're going to have a positive attitude and an open mind and lack faith, that's fine. I understand lacking faith because they've already been through many challenges. It's very hard to believe that anyone who is dealing with that type of negative news is going to sit there and say, oh, the healer is going to help me. Yeah, I totally know it's going to work out. I get that. I totally get it because they're already told the most worst thing. And it's hard to have faith. It's hard to believe when you're faced with hearing something that is a natural killer. So now I'm just going to say, so, that, so the important thing I'm hearing right here is come with at least a 1% open mind or even less than a 1% open mind because to facilitate transformation in your life, right? It's less than a percent. Absolutely. Because that yeah. tiny opening, that tiny crack, that centipede of a hole, that is enough for God's love, God's energy to penetrate Absolutely. and change your life. It's like the story. I think this is Dalai Lama told me this or one of his teachers or one of his people that was with him. I don't remember who told me that yin and yang is every single person, no matter how pure you are, no matter how perfect you are, there's a speck of darkness that can grow. And no matter how dark you are, there's a speck of light that can grow. So as long as you have one grain of sand, one, there's always a million percent chance of changing. I believe that every human being on the planet, dark people, light people, negative people, bright people, every person can change. But we must continue to fight and practice it staying on the straight and narrow and staying in that positive direction. But those who don't have faith and those that don't believe, there are billions of people in the world, and I can promise you there's maybe only five beings on the planet or less that are really that dark. <laughs> and I'm talking about the ones that may already be like just focused on completely consuming themselves with like sickness or something dark. But they're even them, they can change. Yep. Every human being, there's yep. no one that doesn't have a chance. Let's end on that positive note. In, in this energy of anyone can change, this can work for anyone. You just need, you need that tiny ray of hope and change can come into your life. Just before we go, Shaman, from a very selfish point of view, yes. I would love you to give me like an intuitive psychic reading in the last couple of minutes we've got. <laughs> and please don't hold back because my strength lies in my vulnerability and I want to share with my listeners anything that you are perceiving and picking up on. And I think that would be a really fun thing to do. Awesome. Okay. So I can tell you, obviously I've been spending time with you since I've been on the radio, the podcast. We see each other and I can see you. Energetically, you have a beautiful heart. So obviously that's not even intuition. That's just a fact. But one of the things that I would focus on, if I was someone who, let's say you came to me as a client and I'm just being blunt and honest with you because I'm very blunt and honest, I would say, you need to focus on taking a little bit more ego and a little bit more pride. Okay. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that in a very positive way. So you have so many doors you can open, but you're still holding yourself back because you're afraid something is going to close. So you need to start allowing yourself to push yourself even further so that you can allow yourself to open the doors completely. That's number one. Number two, emotionally, I see that you're prepared to allow yourself to let your heart be completely open. But even though you're emotionally prepared to let your heart be completely open, something is still creating two wounds inside of your heart. And the two wounds that are inside of your heart are stopping you from allowing yourself to be completely open in the matters of love. If you allow yourself to heal the wounds, which I know were from childhood, one of them was specifically at three and it's in regards towards your father. And the other one that I see is in regards towards intimate relationship and something that hurt you emotionally when you were a young adult. And those two things are the swords that I see that are in your heart that are stopping you from allowing yourself to be completely healed with your heart chakra. So if you work on 
allowing yourself to do any type of energy healing or spiritual work, which I know can work on opening and creating complete healing. And then you'll be like an open book to the person you're meant to be with and receive love and awesomeness. That'll help heal that. In regards towards your own intuition, you do have a very strong solar plexus, which means you have a very strong intuition. But like I said earlier, because you're not allowing yourself to be fully open and there's something that's still holding you back in regards towards your third eye, meaning that something is putting a little tiny bit of a block because you're still connected to your brain. So if you disconnect from your brain and you allow yourself to fully open up your solar plexus as it's meant to be and your third eye, then you'll be able to open up your intuition even deeper. In regards to your foundation, which is your root chakra, you have one hook, which means that you have one attachment. And that one attachment that's the hook inside your foundation is connected to your mom and guilt. And that's it. <laughs> so I'm keeping it short and simple. Wow. <laughs> Well, there's a lot for me to get. But there's not. It's, there's nothing. There's really nothing negative, though. It's just they're very simple things that you can transform and change. Sure. And they're things sure. to put your right foot forward and step into. But in regards towards positives, there's going to be an opportunity in April for you to allow yourself to even open a bigger door to create even more recognition. And in April, I see you having an opportunity in a stage. So, on a good note there's a huge amount of positives and a huge amount of big doors that are getting ready to open in April. So April looks like the time where I see not just success and prosperity, but I reaching an outreach, which is good. Wow. Wow. I'm excited to hear that. And let's keep a track of that. My listeners will be sh- I'm sure they'll want to keep tabs on what happened from, to me in April. And well, we will definitely stay in touch for sure. Absolutely. It's a given that you'll be on this um, podcast again because I want to explore more fascinating topics with you, which I know are in your realm of expertise, like beings and angels and all things in, in the multidimensional world, and also how we can ground the spirit world into self actualization in our world that we live in on planet Earth. So look, let's wrap it up there. Shaman, thank you so much for being yes. my guest on the podcast. You have been delightful and insightful. And thank you. I appreciate it. Looking forward to having you on as a guest again. And with that, we'll say goodbye to everyone. Thank you for joining us on this incredible journey of exploring human potential. Now, it's your turn to take action and unleash your own greatness. Head over to soulful-awakening.com forward slash free and opt in for lots of free transformational tools. Embrace the knowledge and insights you've gained and start implementing them in your life today. Remember, the world is waiting for your incredible potential to shine.